and welcome to In the Back Pocket. Georgie Parker here, and I'm joined by Man of the People, Nathan Brown. Yeah, thanks for noticing. Hello, and a man who's just getting a little bit of sleep. Brennan Goddard, the golf was just over. How much sleep did you get? Overnight? Yeah, not a lot. It's, uh, it's No Aussies in form, you said? Well, there wasn't at the time. That was true. <laughs> I just copped a bit of grief from uh, back of house about Cam Smith winning and saying he's not in form, but I said he was most likely to, and my man that I backed, Rory McIlroy, $11, just... Didn't so did he stay up all four nights and watch the whole thing? Yeah. Well, I tried to. I did fall asleep. Right. So I just said to George, I fell asleep with four holes to play. Your wife, Probably yeah. the most important four wife holes. Wife very happy with it, I'm sure, as well. It seemed like a thing that you did years ago. I remember 1992 Wimbledon getting up and watching Andre Agassi beat Goran Ivanovic because there was no other option. You couldn't watch it on replay. You, the, the, it just went into the ether. But these days, you can get up and you can get up at yeah, 8 yeah, o'clock and put it result. on. Correct. Huh? You yeah. see the results. You don't like look at anything. Sport. Have some no, you know better than most that nothing is as good as live sport. Live sport. Especially, yeah. especially when there's an Australian that was in the hunt and he ends up winning. But you... I'd try, you try and stay awake right. and watch that live. You you're wake a, up in the morning, it's all over socials. You, you miss... I think you could have got up at eight and watched it. After the kids went to school. <laughs> you're not yeah, no, I, I can function off three or four hours. So I did that, got up with the kids. I ticked all those boxes. Yeah. So it's a win-win for, for How's me. the swipe by, swipe by on I him? I like, you're not a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> Says the man who thinks Says he's got man. four jobs. Uh, but Nathan, you are a man of the people because, of course, this was you last week. That It got shown on your other work. Yep. Look at you. Um... I don't think it was mentioned why you were um, vacuuming. Would you like to tell all the punters out there will, who might have seen this on... Well, I'm just... I, I respect Man the workplace. The I'm, I'm, I'm part of the people and I'll make sure that you the workplace is our... nice and clean and I take pride in where I work. Our cameraman back there is literally in stitches because he is saw he? you... <laughs> he saw no you one, picking your nails and flicking them off, picking your that's nails. Just one, that's, hang on, let's just touch on this. This is one of the bad habits. So we all, I'm assuming we all have these habits at home. Mm. In the workplace, you said you respect the worst workplace. Yep. So one of my first days here, Georgie showed me some film of you shaving while at this desk. Yep. Pulls out his shaver. Which she told me to do, by beard. the way. <laughs> so that, that's, that's one. And one, I'm tipping you didn't get the vacuum out then because yeah, there's no footage of that. Two, you do eat before coming on the show quite regularly and just before you spilled twisties everywhere and someone else had to get the vacuum out. And then the other week there's footage of you then biting your nails and, and <laughs> flicking them on the floor. Yeah. Like, who does that? Well, most people. At home or uh, in their own privacy, yeah. not at their workplace. I got the vacuum out and cleaned it up. Oh, that's OK. This, See? This is... Yeah. <laughs> See, we're having to deal it's with... It's a yin and a yang. <laughs> All right. This has gone much further than I was expecting. Let's get into the Valley Hunters, what you are paid to do. That's exactly right, George. Let's clean this one up a bit. Like I did with the vacuum. Now, value hunters, 20-plus disposals, first of all. And, look, the head-to-head's hard to pick in football at the moment, so this is where the value is. And Darcy Byrne-Jones, the last four weeks, taking the kick-outs and he gets easy possessions. Outside of that is it Josh Dacos has had a really good season. Daniel Rioli went back to 12 last week, can you believe that? Um, and then on to the next page. And Ryan Burton, he's had three at 20, so he's right on the edge of where you'd want to be betting. Uh, but on that page... It's not jumping out at me, but obviously where I made my name, 25-plus oh, disposals. So this is where it is. Plus. Adam Trelaw, still really good value. And I think at the MCG against Melbourne, yep. the space. Hugh McCluggage, Gold Coast don't tag. Do they put some time into him? But he's had some big numbers. Tom Limbratore is good as well. Uh, Marcus Bontempelli has gone back into the midfield, so $1.74 to get 25-plus against the Demons. I don't think they tag him either, so expect Bont to get numbers. And Chad Warner, the last three weeks, have been big, so... Uh, Aaron Norton. Uh, so there's Aaron Norton, who's valued. But look at Tex Walker. He has kicked 
14 goals in his last four games and he's still a bigger price than a lot of those guys there. So Taylor Walker for me, along with Aaron Norton, fresh coming back in and all the way down to Lockie Schultz, who the Tigers have had some problems defending small forwards so far this year. Um, and Jesse Hogan, I still think, represents a pretty good value. That's it. Value Hunters, make sure you're taking a screenshot of that and looking them for all of your multi-anchors. Now, Richmond and Fremantle, it's taking the season or this round off and... Shy Bolton, he didn't kick a goal last weekend. Mm. Is he going to be better this weekend against Fremantle, Richmond? Two losses in a row, BJ. Uh, I think he is, yeah, because now that uh, Lynch misses another week with yeah. a hamstring injury... And so, uh, And there's no Martin. So responsibility then lies on either Jack Rewalt, Bolton, or the, uh, a fourth gamer in Cumberland who did really well last week but just couldn't convert. So I think the responsibility falls with the older guys and I think you have to look at Shy Bolton and Jack Rewalt to be the main scorers for Richmond if they were to have an impact. You're a guy that really believes in a response from a team. Yep. This is a team that has to respond after losing to North Melbourne, yeah. who people predicted wouldn't win another game. This is a game that they have to respond to. So how do you assess their form? Uh, the fact that they've lost their last four games, and not their last four games, but their last four losses have been under a kick. And they've been against good opposition. So they lost to Geelong, probably should have beaten Geelong, probably should have beaten Sydney. Then last week, they've had 33 shots on goal, mm -hmm. 67 inside 50s. Since Champion Data have been taking those stats, no side has lost a game having 67 <laughs> and 33. So they've lost that game. So that's Almost a big stat. Efficiency have. So where do you see them at the moment? Where do you see their form? They're, they're, they're obviously losing games, but... Still, the numbers stack up. Yeah, I think what you're highlighting is their form's actually reasonably solid without getting the results they're after. And it's probably more, uh, I guess, misleading and, and disappointing being such a senior team and obviously hit a, yeah. a premiership team, all that kind of thing. So an experienced team that aren't able to get the job done in tight games, in, in games you dominated in particular last week, That's I think that's been the most surprising thing. So their form has actually been quite strong if you, you know, as hard as it is to take away from the results. Because let's be honest, last week, as good as North were and there was a response there, they, they should have won the yeah. game comfortably and they didn't. So that's the, the concerning thing. The way they let a 40-point lead slip the week against, before. Against Do you feel that Fremantle stack up so well against them? Because no Lynch... No Dustin Martin. That you've makes it easier. Rewalt. So you've got the three tall defenders at Fremantle who I just think if they control this game, Rewalt, you almost have to think kicks four or five for them to yeah. win. So no well, Walter goes forward. So I just don't see where the Tigers kick their goals to win this game. Yeah. So they've got the experience, but I think it would show that they'd struggle without Lynch and Dusty to kick a winning score. But what Fremantle rely on is more team defence. So, yes, you'd probably say their key backs have, have got an upper hand when you have Jack there. And we know how Jack uh, goes when he's the... I guess the solo tall forward and mm. predominantly playing deep as a forward. So he's very dangerous, but you might mix that up with Shy Bolton. So they got Freeman have got the advantage in the air, but again, you still you just still don't ride off the experience of Richmond. They don't play Marvel that well either, but uh, Fremantle have been there twice in the last few weeks, got belted by Carlton, mm. but they were really good against St Kilda. So Richmond haven't been able to spend, defend small forwards as well. So they've got a couple of really good small forwards I want to speak about. Um, here is the small forward. So this is the last four weeks. Curtis kicks three last week. Ainsworth the week before. Cripsa, small forwards don't kick big numbers. So when you're talking about a three, that's a big game for a small forward to be able to hit the scoreboard and kick three. So there's two players. Uh, Lockie Schultz is one of those, but Bailey Banfield is the other one. Let's talk about Bailey Banfield. 
Banfield um, the last six weeks. And I just think he's good value to kick a goal at any time. $1.49, still good price to kick two plus. He kicked two against the Saints a few weeks back when they did play there. And I just think that they're going to have trouble with him, along with Lockie Schultz. So anytime, two plus, three plus. So uh, I worry how Richmond are going to defend that. And then I worry how Richmond are going to kick goals at the other end. So, so you're backing for that reason. For that reason, I'm backing Fremantle. That's it. Well, Richmond are really leaving that eighth spot open. So we can talk about that coming up in the next few weeks. North Melbourne and Hawthorne. And Hawthorne, for me, seems as though they will get this win here. But North Melbourne, new coach, playing for their careers in some of them. You speak about responses. Yeah, and they got, had one last week. I think we talked about yep. it last week. There was going to be a response. I think we all agreed that Richmond would still win. They should have. But there was a, a natural response. It, it's... For the reasons I think we highlighted last week about, you just mentioned about careers are on the line. No, no one's a certainty regardless of your situation or status within the club. The uncertainty around a new coach. The assistant coaches are all on notice. So there's a completely different feel. And there's there's that pressure relief that I talked about when you, you know, have a much talked about senior coach or senior mm -hmm. figure than you know, actually getting the sack or leaving the club. So... Um, the question is, how do they go about it this week? So I think everyone's sitting back just watching this. It's not a big game in the whole scheme of things, but how do North respond? Because the, the chatter's not going away with who's going to be next coach. Yeah. Last couple of days now it's about it's Clarko. It's Clarko. That's their preference, willing to pay $1.6 all this kind of thing. So that the chatter around North Melbourne is not going away, so everyone will sit back as much as it is in uh, on in the background. But where's the response from North Melbourne? Can they back it up? It's a huge danger game for the Hawks. They won last week and they've won the last two weeks against sides they should have beaten. So it was almost a practice match they played against Adelaide a few weeks ago. West Coast started well last week and the Hawks got over the top of the line. So if you look at North Melbourne players and you wanted some value, Jaden Stevenson has gone back and he's taking the kickouts and he'll play on every time. So he's still an OK price for 15, mm -hmm. but Jaden Stevenson 20 plus. Bailey Scott played more through the midfield, had season. 26 last week. Before that, he was 5, 11, 14, 17. So last week, he got more ball. So you look for the players when there's a coaching changeover. Mm. Like there was a few weeks ago with James Peatling. They hadn't played him all year. Comes in under Mark McVeigh, kicks three the first three weeks. So look for those players when they change positions because yep. there'll be value in them. That's it. Well, bet with mates, Kitty. We've gone back to oh, the hey. First loss. Yeah, the yeah just, disappointing. I, I just, just brush this aside. Just... I had Gold Coast as the bet of the year last week. Yeah, and, they and I think that's fair enough. Bet of a Gold year. Coast 2014 performance. Yeah, that'd be disappointing with that. Well, we're back to 1,000. Like we said, we want to try to get a 20% minimum uh, win every week. I've gone with what's going to be $1.37, I think, at the moment for Hawthorne to get the win here against Ooh. North Melbourne. I think that... Are you nervous? I, I am nervous. Uh, I've got 100% record so far. You've got a 0% <laughs> and you're pretty high up too. So that's my bet with mates, Kitty. So hopefully come back with a bit of a jackpot next week. Sydney and Adelaide. Adelaide are making it hard for some teams at the moment. Sydney should get the win here. They're pushing for one of those top four spots. Yeah. How do we see this one? Well, they flew with their form, Adelaide. They were pretty ordinary against Hawthorne two weeks ago. But last week were great against Collingwood. But the wet weather and the, the game style allowed them to put more pressure on. And they're the number one pressure side in the AFL at the moment. So when you look at the pressure numbers, do you sit there and go, OK, are they working overtime to be the number one pressure side? Mm. When you look at the numbers all the way down the bottom, I think Melbourne are 15, um, Brisbane are down the bottom somewhere, Richmond are down the bottom, and so too are Geelong. So are they not working as hard because their systems are better set up? So Hawthorne are tackling manic pressure. Uh, I mean, uh, Adelaide, Adelaide, but then when they win the ball, have they got the energy to go through with it? Mm. So I, I just I, feel like I, Sydney set up a bit better. Yeah, I just think that's a good place to start. I don't think you, you can't count that out and how important that is to a young team. Absolutely, so, it's a good place to start. You guys would know, in 
at the SCG, is it easier to put that pressure on? You're not covering as big a yep. distances. And you saw if you don't do it two weeks ago, the Bulldogs, Sydney just routed them through the yep. middle of the ground. So now I'm looking forward to the plate. So you've got some players at Adelaide who can kick, kick goals. goals. Fogarty yep. and Walker I spoke about. But Riley Philthorpe, so they still thrill, think this guy thrill. is going to be Say a good Say that five times as fast as you can. And when you look at his last four weeks, he didn't play against North Melbourne. And last week against Collingwood, he's had 18 disposals and he's taken seven marks. His confidence is high. Anytime goal scorer, $1.62. You don't see any time goal scorers that big of a price when they've kicked goals the last four weeks. Yep. So as good as Tex is, I can't take $1.10. But a two, a, a two, $1.68 I'm happy with. But Riley Thilthorpe, any time goal scorer. Phil thought five times in a row really quick. <laughs> is there an echo out here? <laughs> he, you, he literally did not even hear you say that. <laughs> I said that as well. I think we've all got the same thing. Yeah, the self-proclaimed nickname, it's a thrill thought. Oh, the thrill thought. Thrill thought. This is good TV. Uh, let's talk about Chad Warner because he's been... Oh, uh, yeah. He's been... Who has said it? The Chad. He is going to be a Brownlow medalist. Chad Longmire, they say. Um, Coach's favourite. Oh, really? Mm. Let's talk about it because he, he's had some very good the last six weeks from him. Yeah, he's been outstanding. So I think uh, one of Brownie's mates, Damien Barrett, said he could win a Brownlow soon. As, as, you know, as close it's as, early next, call. as next year, the early said. That's so like, Damien Barrett just threw like that out there. Anyway, here's his last, calling the Melbourne here's his last four weeks. Literally around 16 to 19. Uh, sorry, 16 to 18. And he's playing Adelaide this week. But he's, he's outstanding. So what not only is he doing, is he getting... As a punter, he's getting possessions, but he's hitting the scoreboard. So we've got him down as 20, 25 plus. The value probably for 20 plus is not yeah. there. 25 plus, but any time goal scorer, goal scorer, particularly at SCG, when you can score from centre square bounce, ground being smaller, so the mids can have more of an impact. You obviously don't have to make up as much ground between the arcs, but you can have a real impact. And he's, yeah, his last four weeks has been as good as anyone in the competition. $4.30 for two goals is pretty good value there. Where do you see him on your Brownlow tracker? He is not in the top 20 in my Brownlow tracker. <laughs> so I'll have the Brownlow tracker for you next week and I'm excited about it. Oh, You're excited. Of course it is because it's got your name. Let's uh, get to a break and we get to all the rest of the Saturday and Sunday games coming up after this. Let's find some value. But as you know, I made my name in the 25 plus disposal market. Two plus goals. Darcy Fogarty, you know when he does get the ball, uh, he's going to kick a goal. Total points in this game, I'm expecting it to be lower. I don't think there's any man that's in greater form at Brisbane at the minute. My multi-anchor this week is going to be George Hewitt. Isaac Heaney. And then my multi-anchor in this one is uh, James Sicily. Noah Anderson on the outside of him. He he was outstanding, wasn't he? Two metre Peter had a day out last week yeah, against Brisbane, but he's been in some really good form, had a quiet patch uh, probably about six weeks ago, uh, but his last four weeks have been outstanding, so we'll look for two metre Peter to hit the scoreboard again. Your favourite little bit, just sit back, watch all your work. So every... Oh, every if, if you're out there punting last week, it was a tough round of football, so there was some... Teams did go as well as what you thought, Richmond and then the Gold Coast Suns. This is coming after his first well, bet like you said, though, We so. thought St Kilda were going to be good, so it was a tough round to bet last week. So Speaking of that, I've gone back to disposals this week. Saw yeah. you uh, on the coverage there, on Channel 7 coverage, yeah. watching St Kilda. Very disgusted with St Kilda's performance. <laughs> Very you go for the bombers. First time nice I went. On. Yeah, just yeah. keep warm, mate. That's, that's, yeah. that's play it. it smart, but it was very disappointing. Watch it. First time I'd see the Saints live. You know, big game against the Bulldogs, fighting for that. Were you going for the for the burger look? 
The burglar look? Yeah. 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 Always. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Port Adelaide and... I'm going to stop this because this <laughs> is going nowhere. Port Adelaide and Geelong. Geelong are now putting their hand up, aren't they, as a flag contender, if not flag favourite. Flag favourite. Yeah, certainly are. They're going and, well. Uh, Port Adelaide, though, they're in some form, had a loss against Melbourne. Best side so in the competition good. at the moment, quite comfortably, Geelong. Would you say that? Yep, I think you so. You can't argue yep. that. Yep. Uh, can't argue that. So I, I just don't think this is a danger game. Port Adelaide, they pushed Melbourne last week, so their clearance work and their centre-bounce work was really good. They just couldn't put it inside forward 50 as well as what Melbourne did at the end. So back in Adelaide, uh, I look at this game as a real danger game for Geelong. So eight in a row, feeling pretty good about themselves. Been up for a while. So Been they, up for they a while. They haven't had a bad one. So they're due for a loss. Yeah. They're due, well, they're due, due, due for a, a, a lull. Yeah, due for two, three percent so off. Yeah. Um, if they can contain Jeremy Cameron, I think they're a chance. So I, I like the fact that they've got a really good forward structure. Todd Marshall's been playing good football. And their half-pack flankers, Burton and Burn Jones, are getting a lot of the football at the moment. So Burton, a couple of games where he's been right on the 20. But Darcy Burn jones for me, even though he's a smaller price, look at the numbers. So 24, 21's a bit low. But then you're getting 29s, 28s, 23, whereas Burton has been on 24 times in a row. That is cutting it fine. So I'm going to take the $1.52 on Darcy Burn jones That's it. And don't forget, it is at Adelaide Oval, obviously. Very hostile crowd when you go there. It's a very hard place to play. But Connor Rosie, he's been very, very good. Yeah, Brownie's mate, uh, Kane Corns. Uh, well, it's been a conversation for him for a long, time, long time about how he should have been yeah. the number They're one. They're good numbers, he, though. He, he's really coming into form, though. And we were talking off air about how he's playing forward but, and playing through the midfield, which could give him longevity in his career, but it's giving him some different type of numbers. Yeah, that's right. And the question was, it, it's when he is going to fulfil his potential. So I always knew he had potential, had all the attributes. Uh, but now, with consistency, he talked about having honest chats with his leaders at the end of last year, leading to the preseason how that changed, but spending more time in the midfield. That's so therefore... the opportunity right there, more time midfield. Yep. So very hard to play half forward where he's been playing with that slight frame he has. Put him into the midfield. Yep. Uh, he has to deliver and he has. Yeah, use his agility, his explosiveness, but that's where I think that his, his long-term, um, I guess, jeopardy and his best footy is played between... Long-term midf- jeopardy. <laughs> It's the same thing, isn't it? Gonna pick a, is Jeopardy a word? <laughs> like you've just put two hey, words hey. in your in a sector. I just made one up, put it in the dictionary. But Jeopardy. He, uh, his best footy will be played in, in the midfield and forward, almost like the striker role, which is now a common, common thing. You like that one? The first time. But uh, we're, just, we're just bagging each other about our uh, pronunciation earlier. Um, but he's long, uh, in terms of his long term, he'll be playing the midfield. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> he's getting people in his head. He's got me rattled. But he'll be playing his best footy as a midfielder forward where he can impact the ground forward or you, know, or you know when the producers speak in your ear, the, the viewers can't hear that. So the viewers can't hear them talking in your ear yeah, about I know, their they pronunciation. They haven't yeah. talked to me. Oh, okay. okay, sure. You're, okay. you're, you're rattled. <laughs> rattled because I've got this giggle box over here laughing away at me. But he, Connor Rosie's last seven weeks has been He's outstanding. Still I am. I haven't made my point because you two keep butting in. But he's been outstanding. So uh, there's no one in the AFL that's had more coaches' votes in the last six weeks yeah. than Connor Rosie. So he's outstanding, but look for him to have an impact uh, disposal-wise and any time goal scorer. This is a very much around we won't 19 show. We have any time show. to talk about other This is a round 19 you know, show, if I've, or 18 show if I've ever heard one where we don't know what's going on. It is the Q clash, though. Brisbane and Gold Coast. Gold Coast, very disappointing last week. They're still around the eight. Yeah. Who's going to get that eighth position, firstly, before I get I'll tell you what, into this game? Has Chris Fagan had some jeopardy in the game? <laughs> <laughs> he 
<laughs> but Brisbane win this game. Brisbane win this they game. I was so disappointed with the Gold Coast Suns last yeah. week. Yes, they'll be better. Uh, what about the response? At, uh, they come back to play in Queensland. But the Gabba, uh, it's a fortress. So Hugh McCluggage is the man. So I, I'm not sure whether they've got anyone to go to him as a tagger. Look at his last five weeks. I mean, he's voted on three occasions in these in this period. So he has been huge. 25-plus disposals, still a very good price. And he kicks goals going forward as well. So I'm going to follow huge McCluggage. Yeah, he has been absolutely huge. Speaking of some small forwards, though, Charlie Cameron, he's very well, good. Well, leading... Uh, Brownies, small man, small man. 182 centimetres and below, Charlie Cameron. Lee. But he is, and he plays as that deepest forward. He's got all the attributes. But Look at him in his Q clash, though, how about those numbers? Yeah, he's getting absolutely. multiple goals every game, so you'd think that. And he's a bit of a home track bully, let's be honest. He's yeah. a better player when he's <laughs> up at the Gabba. Yeah, sleeps in his He loves bed. the Gabba. He, he loves does. the Gabba. But I want to just highlight too because the the small, medium forwards, the opposition against Gold Coast, uh, Georgie Artis, uh, Shay Bolton, Jake Stringer, uh, Ginnivan over the last. four four weeks have really had an impact for the opposition. So look, not only to Charlie, who's probably the number one, but look to Zach Bailey or in Lincoln McCarthy to hit the scoreboard. That's it. Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. Melbourne has had some jeopardy in this season so oh, far. But yeah. Melbourne got their win last week. But they'll be tired. It was in Alice Springs. Tougher conditions up there. A bit of a travel game, even though it was a home game for them. But taking on doggies. There is. And, uh, uh, let's, the yeah, let's go in the coach's box just a little bit for the Western Bulldogs because we saw them much improved performance against St Kilda last week, but very much in that bottom bracket of the eight. So we know how important it is for them. So one thing I want to highlight with Melbourne, they've through their successful era, what their most strongest is, is they're set up behind the ball. So um, we've talked about it in the past, about when the ball goes in their forward line, they have arguably a spare behind the ball, which is Stephen May plays as a wicketkeeper. Yeah. So, which is what Geelong are doing really well. Yeah, which is what are Geelong. So they hold their back six. And so they need... What Bulldogs have done in the past, I think for the first maybe 10 weeks of the season, is their high, high half forwards would come up, even uh, uh, go into a stoppage. Bailey Smith in particular goes into a stoppage. Um, so if that was to happen again, Melbourne will drop off him and they'll have the spare and they'll get what they want behind the ball. So it'll make it hard for Bulldogs, even if they win at a stoppage, then to move the ball forward with any fluency. So I, in my opinion, the Bulldogs, which they did last week against the Saints, mind you, I was at that game, as we just highlighted, looking like a, a, a robber, that they held their, their, their six more consistently. There was times where they did come up, but they held their forwards and made St Kilda's defenders accountable. And then when the ball hit the ground, there was less intercept marking from St Kilda or the opposition. So they, they have to do that. that. That should be their number one priority. And as easy as to say, the biggest strength of Melbourne is their midfield. So Clayton Oliver back this week, best contested ball uh, winner in the competition. They must at least halve that contest. And they're a lot better that week because they got belted by Sydney two weeks ago, the Bulldogs. So they must halve that contest in the middle and give themselves the best opportunity to get the ball in their forward half. But, but for, for mine, it's hold Melbourne's back six accountable. It felt like a 10 to 12 goal win for the Dogs last week against the Saints. And you look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game and it's only 28 points. So I worry about the Dogs' form at the moment, but Let's they go. represent some value through the midfield. So let's look at some of the players that get that value. And Marcus Bontempelli, we've already highlighted him in the value hunters, but um, look, playing back in the midfield. So four of the last five weeks, 28, 27, 26 and 34. And he's still a very good price to do that. So follow the Bont because he will play midfield. I think the forward experiment... But he hasn't been in great I form. I think the forward experiment's done. So he has been playing a bit of time forward, but the last four weeks has been predominantly midfield. Now, I'm going to give you something, and you know that I love the kickouts, you know that I love give Stephen May, who takes the kickouts. So 110 kickouts, 112 or something that he's played on. So disposals against Brisbane Lions. Over 20, over 20 to 
disposal. So opposition behinds, 11, so he has kick-ins. Against Adelaide, he dropped below because the opposition only kicked five behinds. He had to get two kick-outs. Then Geelong, it was a massive fill-up. 16 kick-outs, he had 26. And then again last week, the opposition only kicked nine behinds, so May only had six kick-outs. So I'm here to tell you that the Western Bulldogs aren't the most accurate side. See, when you talk about the Western Bulldogs over the last nine games, They've scored 15, 16, 11, 11, 11, 10, 13, 13. Last week they kicked 6, 13, 6. But if that trend continues, and the trend is your friend, as I always say, Stephen May is going to get a lot of kickouts. So if he has 8 to 10 kickouts, how does he not get 20 plus disposal? I think his disposal line is 17.5. So for me, Stephen May just about the best bet in this game Ooh. over 17.5 disposals. Some... Or if you like it, something else. You have 20-plus disposals. I've got some value in this game. Have you, Brendan? Yes. Lockie Hunter and Mitch Hannon. Mitch Hannon now playing as a defender, mm -hmm. which has been a surprise move the last probably three weeks. Yep. Uh, made his cut his teeth as a forward, even playing up as a, on a wing. But he, as a defender, and Lockie, uh, Lockie Hunter, Mitch Hannon for 20-plus, both paying $2.25. Mitch Hannon paying $4.10. So he's been hovering around between 15 and 20 possessions the last three weeks as a defender. And as we know, the more you play there as a mm. discarded forward, the more you get comfortable. Yep. Give me the ball, know where to find it, get the little cheap, three or four cheap ones. So a bit of value there for uh, Mitch Hannon. Would they give him the job on Cozzy Pickett? And does that change the fact that he might not run off a little bit? Yeah, it does, but I think he's back there for his speed and bounce, yep. along with Bailey Dale. Cause remember, Much better back there last week, yeah, wasn't he? Because remember, Caleb Daniel's not there now for distributions. Mm. He's a better kick. He doesn't have the leg speed of Mitch Hannon, but he's there for that explosiveness and bounce off rather than, you know, your pure go get the best small forward, which is clearly because I pick it. I've gone value in this game as well. Petrarca for over 30. Let's remember his last three games against Doggies. 31, 39, 32, uh, 38. Two goals, two goals, one goal. And he's paying $2.30 Loves for playing Oliver 30 them, disposals. Clayton Oliver, Oliver's back in the side as well. will be digging out the ball for him to be getting on the outside. So Good I call. like him for over 30 um, for that price. Carlton and GWS. Well, Carlton, they're... They're doing this this season, aren't they? Yeah, back at home, Paddy Cripps, Back at home. GWS is just dropping off a little bit at the moment. So they came out with the attacking game plan under Mark McVeigh. They changed it back to a defensive yeah. game plan. So um, I, I like the way they played when they played attacking because I don't think they know how to defend. That's why Leon Cameron is <laughs> um, out of a job at the moment. So he knew that if you attacked and opened up, you got scored against the other way. But yep. still, they kicked eight goals on Brisbane in the first quarter um, six mm. or seven weeks ago. And I like that version. I just don't think they can match motors with so Carlton it, through the midfield. Is it so. going to be a high scoring or low scoring game? I was um, trying to analyse this game, trying to well, look Carlton at GWS. Scores. Carlton score. So, yeah. And they give you an opportunity to score back the other way. So George Hewitt's a multi-anchor. Yep. So let's have a look at what George Hewitt has done this year. Only once has George Hewitt been below 25 disposals in the whole year. That's extraordinary numbers. So George Hewitt, have a look at that. It was only three weeks ago. He dropped below. So George Hewitt and your man, Paddy Cripps. Uh, he got tagged week. last week by Mark Blixarves in the centre bounces. So that took and the clearances which took probably seven to eight disposals away from Paddy Cripps so I'm Will expecting big I'm expecting big I'm he, expecting 25 he plus great form, 30 really. plus so he's been 30 plus I think seven times this year not in recent times so I'm expecting Paddy Cripps to bounce Return back to form. so you don't and think I'm, that they'll tag him I don't think so yeah. uh, Matty DeBoer didn't play last week uh, they have rolled some players Aisha's done a little bit of a job but uh, I just think that Harry Mackay again bounces back Zero goals last week. He looked flat last week, Harry Mackay. But have a look at that this year. 
I mean, he is in some sparkling form up until last week, so expect him to bounce back again because... Uh, it's either he or Charlie because GWS's defenders are vulnerable. Yeah. And Field Dave's got injured, so yep. they are vulnerable down there as a tall tall. Absolutely. Harry Himmelberg, though. Harry, well, yeah, right? and, and we you highlighted early in the show just about new coaches coming in, have a different perspective. You, you mentioned Peatling, but here's another guy that's changed positions as a forward, cut his teeth there as a forward, now as a halfback. So look at his numbers over yep. the last eight, Easy seven, eight the, weeks. On the field, right? Easiest position. But what he no, does, he's what he's always done well is uh, kick the ball well. So I wouldn't say great decision maker, but when a kick needs to be hit in different varieties, he's able to do that. So hence why he takes a kick out. So the man they try and free up, and when he is in the area, it'd be, I think, what it looks like, clear message, just giving the ball, because he generally can hit the kick. But he's, he's a, I'd say he's a solid decision maker. Is he a 20 or 25 kind of guy? I think he's, but uh, well, his numbers would suggest he's a 25 plus, hence why you get a bit more value, but 20, yep. 20 minimum. In your same game multi. Yeah. And, and what he does do now is when they do have a spare, he's the spare. So that's why he's getting you on the end of it, intercept marking, so he picks up an extra five or six possessions with that. You'd like to think as well that the game is going to be played in that back half of the field as well. Sunday games and our very, very good $100 play coming up on the other side of this one. Welcome back to In The Back Pocket and this is Justin. We've got a look-alike. It is Brendan Goddard at the football. Let's have a look at him. <laughs> oh, I can't tell the difference. That. That's a dead ringer. <laughs> that is a dead ringer, BJ. Is that your work? Is that why you left? Is that why you left in the, in the break? Oh, that's, I like, that's one of your best. Did you look at that and go, oh, actually, that's a, it does look like me. <laughs> it looks a bit like me. <laughs> good film, that one. Uh, Very Colling good film. <laughs> Collingwood and Essendon is one of the big rivalries that's, that's got me in up. this game. Collingwood fighting <laughs> for that eighth Joe, position. Long-term jeopardy. Exactly, him, Joe Pesci. Do it, I dare you. <laughs> Essendon are making things really tough for a tipping perspective, a punting perspective, can they get the win? Can they do it here? Or can Collingwood continue their form eight in a row for them at the moment? They've won eight in a row and they've fallen in the last yeah. two weeks. So they're a good performance. I mean, you're, you're a good winning. footy club. Five, five wins this year under a kick. And it's, you're a good footy club when you're winning those games yep. as well. Essendon, four of the last five. But all of a sudden, this game is massive because it's 70,000 people at the MCG. Sunday is going to be 18 degrees and perfect weather. So this all lines up. You've got uh, two-metre Peter playing some uh, great mm. football at the moment. Nick Dacos is another player playing good for Last six games, 40 disposals. But I th I, there's a buy beware around this one this week. I mean, he's been up for a long time now. So at 21 last week against North Melbourne, it was sort of a smaller down game. But don't be piling into Dacos this week. There's some big numbers right there, but surely Essendon put some time into him and make a little bit harder for him. Against Adelaide, he, I, I agree sure. with Kane Corns. He would not have had a bruise on him no. last week. So, as, as, And his price for 25-plus is still good, but I'm going to step around it this week. I think it is a buyer beware. Is that going to be one of their, I guess, team mentalities coming to this game? Bully him. Don't let him think that he's a 25 your old well, superstar. Well, that, the remember when Jack Watt though? started against, played in that Queen's yep. birthday match against Collingwood, yep. and that's Collingwood's mindset was to make life difficult for him. Do you think they, but would they do had that some for genuine Cross? bullies who could do that back then, <laughs> Collingwood? They had some big boys who yeah. were able to do that. Have Essendon got those players to do it? Not I'm not sure. No. So I, I just think Bryn Rutten has to put time into him. Yeah. Um, not a, not a real lockdown tag, but don't allow him just those easy balls. Right, to sit lateral to a contest in the corridor, and a guy of his size. 
and the yeah. ability to use a footy. Like, he gets the ball there, good luck to you. But I agree with you. So if he's half-back, if he's playing a bit more midfield, but if he's half-back, I think Wolfie shows him respect. Yep. Doesn't give him the time and space. And if he's in the midfield, potentially Caldwell goes to him because he has probably the biggest impact when he's in there. Well, Essendon have responded since the bye, and this man here has responded as well, Dylan Shield. He has, and it, since the bye, since he got uh, questioned, you know, the, 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 the Luke Parker, you know, ducked yep. ahead. But so, we see his, his last uh, three rounds have been outstanding, all last six weeks, really. So, um, he's... What's changed is his effort intensity got questioned, but his ability just to follow up, hunt the ball, his effort intensity to tackle, pressure, and from that... You naturally like one your tackles, so your tackling stats, but you're around the ball. So your opportunity for getting a ball, getting the ball and touching it, go up, right? So it's the more you get to them, the more chance you have, the more contest that is. The more you get to, more contest, more chance you have of getting the getting the ball. So his mentality, and that goes along with all the midfielders, but particularly him, I've seen a real change in his effort intensity, just to pressure the ball carrier, hunt the footy, tackle pressure, and then the back of that he gets on the end of the footy. Well, he's back in the centre bounces too, so he was on the periphery there for a while. So out of every player that's been in the centre bounce this year. He's got the highest percentage of clearances from a centre bounce. I think it's something like 19.4%. The other players in the top 10 are around 16%. So he has been winning it. Mason Redmond off half back. Does he continue to get the football at the moment? I expect him to get it again. So um, he is a run and carry machine. He's still good value to get 25 plus disposals. He had over 30 last week, Mason Redmond. So even 20 plus, he's not a bad price. So be more of an look, anchor for. I can't plus. pick a 50. I can't pick this. This is a 50-50 game for me. Um, I got sucked into Gold Coast last week, and I felt <laughs> felt like I disrespected Essendon last week. Um, and my former teammate and great mate Daniel Densukusa certainly let me know about it after hey. the game. Yeah, hey, and uh, he said the Bombers are on the right track. So um, I'm going to back him in this week, and I think it's a 50-50 game. But you're, can't wait to watch you're it. leaning towards Essendon. But you remember, so, so Collingwood have been up for a long time. You mentioned eight in a row, but they did just go across to Adelaide, got the win. But it was, it was a easy win. Well, it was a somewhat of a brutal. When you opposition laying 110 tackles, you're laying 122. Yeah. And I don't that would be by far the biggest. Heavy conditions. Tackle. Heavy conditions. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Coming back, they've been <laughs> up for a long time. They're a young team, much like. Uh, Geelong, they're almost due for a lull. See, I see it a different way. I think that Collingwood will get this win. I think it will be close. But Collingwood have much more to play for Essendon, their pride. Yeah. But Collingwood have a position in the eight. Yep. They can solidify that from this game. And they well, know Collingwood that. will play finals football. It's yep. more whether they can play top four now. Yep. It, it, it's, it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, we've got West Coast and St Kilda, and as our producers said before the show, this is the worst game of the round. Do you think that? Exactly. Uh, it's the game I'm least looking forward to watching, but um, I can't pick a winner here. West Coast and Kilda. I can't get St Kilda you as can't. short as what they are. $1.35. Well, there's no value, but Saints have to win well, this game. No, I understand they have to win the game, but do they win the game? If they serve up that rubbish chipping the ball sideways like they did last week... They can't win. And West Coast, uh, they pushed Hawthorne at the MCG last week. So the only thing I like in this game is the total points over because I feel like St Kilda moved the ball quicker. West Coast last four games, total points has been over um, since they've been scoring more. And if you're in doubt, you go to what you know. Jack Steele, 25-plus disposals for St Kilda, I think it's a pretty good bet. That's it. I, I just think Saints re respond. The... the I was there, I witnessed them, how poor there was, that much talked about during the week from everyone, and rightfully so, because they were so poor in such a big game and the whole scheme of things and for their season. Um, but they have to respond. And now there's talk about that the players got together, uh, had the old round table discussion, the honest feedback session. and Saints just... at the round table. So, yep, Saints at the round table. But they have to, they have to respond, they like will. And exactly yes, like I, I get the point where it may not result in a win, 
because then West Coast have to play out of their skin to actually to, to beat them, I think. Because, but if they don't come out and literally are breathing fire and their effort intensity is through the roof and as high as it has been all year, then there's you... massive question marks. There has to be... Did they sign Brett Ratton too early? Well, I, I, yeah, I think they did, respectfully. There was just... There, there was no need to There was to just sign. no need. And when I say no need, when you when you sum it up, it wasn't as if people were coming and knocking on Brett Ratton's door respectfully, saying, we want you to come to our club, you know, all that kind of thing. So they had time up their, up their sleeve, which is very valuable in, in the whole scheme of things. So they could have waited, um, but... I applaud them in a sense that they've backed him in, found some continuity and confidence within the playing group, but that hasn't really rubbed off on the players, has it, their performance the last couple of weeks. So they, they'll respond, and they need to, because if they don't, then they're, you know, as much as we've talked about them, they'll be talked about again you know, even more next week. You said you think that Saints need to come out firing. Do you think that we'll know if they're going to win in the first quarter? Well, you'll know what you should... Well, in the first quarter in particular, you... What they're going to dish yeah, up. Yeah, you know what they're going to dish up for the yep. rest of the game. And that'll, that, I think everyone should be watching this. How are Saints going to respond in the first five minutes? That'll be a true reflection of where their heads are at, where their mindset is, how they prepared for the game, and then what we're expecting to see for the next three quarters. Well, there we go. Well, let's get into our $100 play from last week. And I'm really not looking forward to this because you know when you play a shit game of footy and you go, well, you didn't do that very often, you know. Oh, <laughs> Have a look at that. I was, watching, I was watching I the round and I go, I'm going to be seeing this in review. Not a single win from any of us this entire so now round. You know, it's, now, a tough, it's a tough... Um, uh, that's tough, disappointing. Now yeah. viewers know what Brownie was saying. It was a tough week. Hang your head in shame. It was very tough. Not many greens. So where are we heading this week? $100 play. Yep. So I'll start because I've got a four-leg mouldy to start with, which starts with Fremantle. I think that they won't be beaten by more than 24.5 points. Carlton, I think, head-to-head -head against the Giants. Sydney beat the Adelaide Crows and the Melbourne Bulldogs game. Um, I'm tipping Melbourne, but I don't think if they do lose, I don't think they can get beaten by more than 21 and a half. And my mate, Stephen May, that. for all the reasons I've already outlined, Stephen May will get a fair bit of the football the disposal over runner. Plus 17 and a half for Stephen May. Um, I'm, I, fingers crossed that the dogs thing. miss a lot of goals. If they start like blasting them all over the joint, or uh, just, Stevie or just, or just kicks just, in, just kicks at the lever, gives it back. Stevie May That's runs along. I like Stephen May. I think he's got a bit about him. That's it. That's two very safe bets. That's I've had a poor week of footy. I'm yep. going to be playing nice <laughs> and safe for next week. I like Today, it. Today, it's get not the time to be a up. hero. It's not up. time to be a hero. So what do you got? <laughs> hero. <laughs> oh, it's, it's quite weird coming out of your mouth. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going pretty simple this week. $50 on Liam Baker, 25 plus. There's a man that's going to respond. Really quiet one last week in particular, but had a vein of form going back three or four weeks ago. Outstanding. He'll find some form again this week. Really good value. And Nick Blake in Brody Smith. Smaller ground. Lizard. SCG. Yep, 25 plus. Very rarely do they have... 25 uh, plus. 25 plus. Yes, and SCG being so the halfbacks have more an impact. So uh, the ball spending more time in either fifty, so less time in the middle of the ground between the arcs. So the halfbacks in particular find more of the footy, uh, probably predominantly over the midfielders at the SCG. There you go. Well, what about I've gone you? A fifty dollar play Hawks Brisbane and Carlton to get the win, just all head-to-head -head again. Nice and safe for me. Uh, I've gone Petrarca, $25 on him to have over no, I like 30. That. Like I said, 38, Everyone's 39, 31, 
He's averaging 36 the last three games against the Doggies. He knows how to play them. And then 25 against Collingwood, 1-39. to 39. Going against you guys, I think that they have a lot to play for and a lot to prove at the moment. So I like them backing my older yeah, three club old, that I played three high-quality games for. Just before you <laughs> throw it into the show, it's been a what wonderful show, I'd just like to have a look at the split screen of Brendan and Joe Pesci again. <laughs> <laughs> You like that one, don't I you? I do like that one. That's good. <laughs> I'm a little bit too. younger you than Joe, Yeah, you are a bit younger than Joe. Yeah, a little bit. It, it, got a few years on him. That's uh, good high-quality gear. Is round 18. Only a few rounds left. We've got Small Man Coleman and, of course, the Brownlees Brownlow Tracker yeah, next week. So make sure you join us then. Thanks for joining us. And if you're having punt this weekend, please make sure you do gamble responsibly. You know the score. Stay in control. Gamble responsibly.